0: All right, Brian, I'm answering your questions via this audio file in the interest of time. Um, I usually get questions like this every year, and sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. And it just kind of depends on my mood. And since I know you and you let me write about some of your experiences previously, then uh, I decided to respond. You just have four questions. So number one, who or what are the people and purposes that you write for now and in the past? Well, uh, basically it's kind of very broad questions, actually all your questions are pretty broad in general. Who do I write for? My biggest answer here is that I'm not the user of of hardly any of the applications that I write for. So for example, had I been sort of working at WordPress and writing help for that, that would be great because I'm also a user of WordPress. But by and large, I write help for these little applications that um, are being sponsored by various business departments that do things that I don't do. Uh, It could be something as simple as like records management or managing committees or doing other things like events or outlook. In previous jobs, it was the same story. Uh, I wrote for financial analysts, and they had all kinds of little applications. Again, I was not the user for these applications. And that really poses kind of a big challenge, is that it's one thing to think of technical writing uh, when when you can see yourself as a user. You're using a product, and you say, man, I could write better instructions than these. But really, when you become a technical writer and you're actually paid to do it, Then you end up writing a lot of times for these user groups, for applications that you don't use, for people you don't know, for people that you often never see. So that poses a lot of challenges, as you can imagine. One, how do you even know what to write? Two, how do you know how to write about it? What language do you use? So you have to figure that out. Question number two, what are the kinds of things that you write? So I write um, online help. Uh, I often single source that to PDFs, maybe different role guides, things like that, or, or smaller versions of the online help will be rolled into the PDF. Uh, sometimes I'll create these as a wiki. It's the same thing. It's online help. It's just in a wiki format. I really like creating screencasts. They're kind of fun to do. People like them. Users respond better to these screencasts. Uh, Sometimes I will create quick reference guides. Users also love these. These are one or two page guides that really uh, have the core instructions condensed into very abbreviated forms. Um, What else do I write? Sometimes I'll write like a newsletter article or, or a website blog type article. But really those are just side sort of favors that I'll do. Mainly it's creating some kind of help material Um, right now I'm actually working in captivate I actually uh, rarely use this tool but I'm working in captivate because the users told me they don't actually need to know any of the why behind the processes they just want to know where it is in the interface so I've got a series of screenshots with a bunch of callouts with names of what the buttons mean and captivate seemed like the best tool for that so that's kind of a visual callout guide So there's different kind of deliverables, but that's the core of what I do. Question three, what are the processes, methods, practices you use to write those things? Well, (laughs) again, very general, broad question. I could could respond for hours on this, but I think I would bore everybody to tears. Uh, So I'll just try a summary nutshell. Basically, we have an agile environment. So... Uh, a month before a release, the project manager starts doing usability testing or user testing and finds that the application isn't so clear. So he or she freaks out, calls in the technical writer, adds me to the team, and then I start frantically trying to figure out what to document, uh, what the application is about, who the, u- who the users are, what they need to know, what they already know. try to come up with a list of tasks that I can write about so once I come up with a skeleton help outline, I'll uh, then try to write it. And I have to say that writing the actual content of the help is kind of dull. Uh, so it's a lot more fun to actually analyze and explore and talk with people and interact to generate generate the uh, the ideas for the help and the format and so forth. But but going through it, you know, it's a matter of figuring out how the application works. So then I'll interact with quality assurance engineers and my organization, the QA guys know most everything and they're the most available. So I usually go to them. Project managers have a good idea of how the application should work, but the QA people know how it actually does work. But then again, that can kind of bite you. It can, it can backfire because maybe how the application does work is not how it will work in two weeks when the project manager realizes it's not functioning as it should and therefore tells developers to make changes. Of course nobody will ever tell you that they've changed the application. (laughs) Of course I'm kind of jaded here. Uh, It just happens to be the project that I'm on. Uh, Other projects you may get a project manager that brings you in much earlier asks for your input on interface language, has you write error messages, Uh, Has you log bugs asks you all kinds of questions about The workflow and what you think about this and that those kind of project managers are kind of cool And it's a lot more fun to be in those projects where you're you're really building up to this release for many months and and so forth but um, Yeah, those kind of project managers aren't too abundant Okay, so after you write all this help you then have, and you come up with the, the formats that you want to create. You create the help. Usually have to get it reviewed. Track down somebody who really knows the application well. Have them review it, and then publish it. I like to publish my help on a on a server that I can update independently of the application code. So if you include the the help files inside the application code, then you really can't update anything except at like quarterly releases. So it's a big pain. Uh, whereas if you have it On a server, even a SharePoint document repository, which is where I usually just upload my files, um, gives you a lot more control, so you can make changes, you can add things. When you find out that users are asking a certain question or that you forgot to document X task, you can add it. And, And then after you kind of publish things, and maybe a month or two goes by, you don't really have a lot to do on that project, so you get called to another project. So there are a lot of different projects in my organization, but I have an IT department of like 700 people. If it were just short and we only had a few project products, it would be a lot different. Okay, question four. What are the technologies you use and how do you use them? Well, there's lots of different technologies. I don't use DITA. Uh, I use XML, but only through like my online help authoring tool. I don't, code XML raw in a XML editor um, but basically I try to do single source publishing so that uh, if I create it in in my online help tool I can then output into different formats and reuse it it's an XML based authoring tool and it requires you to know quite a Bit of CSS or at least something about CSS which is cascading style sheets and CSS is a great tool to know or not tool it's a great skill set because almost all web pages are designed with CSS um, and your help files will, will use CSS so the, the more powerful you are with CSS the more potential you have to kind of really design the output of your your content Um, As far as other tools, graphics are huge, like illustrations, being able to use Photoshop or Illustrator or Visio or even Snagit to depict something that's conceptual into a visual experience is really a, a talent that a lot of people are seeking after in this field. Every time there's a webinar on how to create visual media, it's like overflowing with people. Because we realize that nobody likes to read text, nobody really understands Nobody understands uh, a software interface when they just read a paragraph of text. They usually need to map the, the concepts with some kind of visual connection. And I'm not the best really person when it comes to visuals. I tend to just kind of rely on screencasts. So if I want to show somebody a process, I'll create a screencast. I'm not going to, like, hack it out in Illustrator with all kinds of diagrams and workflows. It just takes too long. Although, I do um, respect and value that. It's just it's not my strength. I also, I do like screencasts, speaking of of this audiovisual media. I think that this is how I learn software. This is how a lot of my users prefer to learn it. Because you've got the interface right there, and you're showing somebody how to do different things. It's not like they're reading a piece of paper and then they have to match it up with the interface to try to figure out whether the two correlate or if they're on the right screen or even in the right area of the application. So, in my opinion, there should be a lot more screencasts. In fact, it should be our screencast should be like the the default, and then all the other stuff should be added afterwards. I don't really operate that way because in order to create a screencast, you have to have a script. So you usually have to write online help that then becomes the basis for your script or you pull from that and uh you have to write the online help just to learn the application anyway so um as i'm writing that help sometimes it's a little, it's a little painful because i have to figure out what's what in the application and of course learning all that can it requires mental um <laughs> it's mental difficulty and as you can tell i'm experiencing mental difficulty right now it is late i'm just not getting to this and I'm now rambling, so that's a good cue for me to kind of turn off. I hope that, that these answers were somewhat helpful. I do have a lot of other responses from similar questions about the field, so check those out. Um, my overall advice is uh, basically learn learn about your users directly. I had a project meeting last week, and in that project meeting, I was trying to determine what kind of deliverables or you know what kind of help material the users needed, and how much explanation do they need, and what do they already know. And I talked with the, the project mem- manager and the other team members for several meetings about this. They gave me their opinion, yes and no, and they had different conflicting sort of ideas about what the extent and the scope of the documentation. Somebody told me, yeah, you could write 150 pages here, and other people told me you could write one page. And so I was really confused, you know. Obviously, I didn't want to write a bunch of help material nobody would use. So I actually called the users, or called a user, got a name, somebody who would actually be one of the core users, and he told me, if you wrote a bunch of help, I don't know who would use it. And it turned out they really had a tight knowledge of their own business processes and didn't need me explaining why they were doing certain things. They already knew. They said, look, this is this application is a tool for us to actually just do what we already know what we want to do. All we need to know is where it is in the interface. So that's that's when I created a, a visual call-out guide for them. So my biggest tip is talk with the users, even if they're not there, even if you don't have that sort of carte blanche permission to go and interact with them. Five minutes on the phone with one user will tell you more than two weeks of project meetings with project managers and other project members. All right. If you have any more questions, feel free to ask me and I'll try to respond. And also check out the resources on my blog, I'd rather be writing dot com.